0: We're back. We're back on the island for the final episode of season number 40. Survivor winners at war where they crowned the champion of champions, the uh, second two time winner in history. And I'm, uh, I'm I'm struggling with how to even start. I am Taylor Gaines, the host of this great podcast. Where today we will also crown the winner of We'll also decide who the winner of our alliance here is. <laughs> of You know, Ty, have we done this too long that I can't even talk? What are we what am I doing?
1: Um, I don't know. So you normally put a good quote about me, and I was gonna do a quote that said, I love you back, cops R S. That was my quote. Oh, I that's, was ready.
0: That's that's good, because the one I was gonna do for you was If we're going to get shot, I'd rather us shoot each other than have someone else shoot us.
1: (laughs) Is that a promise? (laughs) That needs to be a promise.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll see how this whole global pandemic thing goes. Hopefully we'll be able to see each other in person soon and we can figure out all matter of like suicide packs and self-defense protections i don't i don't know again ty i don't i can't do it today <laughs> last week we recorded in daylight now we're back in the nighttime. i'm just I'm, I'm
1: lost that's all right luckily we have a lot of help someone who's used to carrying the weight whenever she's with us who is it taylor oh i thought you were gonna do an introduction i was excited i'm you're the host i'm just the regular guest i
0: will say that yeah you're the number one guest we have a number two guest today who is I I wish the podcast was a video podcast just for the purposes of you could so our audience could see how many like hand gestures and body movements have already happened in the like three minutes we've been recording (laughs) but as usual it is one of our great friends who joins us pretty much every season for the finale discussion I feel like if I keep talking she might just keep coming up with new things to do now she's just swaying back and forth But she is Michelle with two L's, not the one who made it to final twice in two tries. Not to make you feel bad, but wow, what a run by the other Michelle. (laughs) Man, I'm I'm off of it today, Ty.
2: (laughs) Wonderful introduction. (laughs) Wait, wait. Michelle didn't make it very far. She's the one on the podcast today.
0: Ty, do you want to just take over for me for the rest of this one? I feel like everything I've said so far has been bad.
1: I totally would, but you take a lot more thorough notes and you just have a mind for this. I'm just the entertainment.
0: She is one of our favorites, both in the podcast history and from Survivor Millennials vs. Gen X. It is Michelle Schubert. How are you?
2: Hey, I'm doing really great.
0: (laughs) You're welcome for (laughs) the great introduction. (laughs)
2: best ever inspection most honest
0: that's (laughs) (laughs) i guess when we all get locked up in our house long enough we just lose our filter you know what i think it is is typically i talk to people a lot whether it's like at work or just in the world i just i enjoy talking to strangers and and (laughs) other other humans and now it's just me and my family all the time and that's it
2: yeah, no, I actually, I don't, I didn't hate the introduction. I feel like, I feel like it was a good one. Like, we have Michelle from Survivor. No, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: the introduction. <laughs> I think I just, it, what was happening in my head was, people will have just watched, and if they hear Michelle, they'll be like, wait, is it the Michelle I just watched last night? But, no. You have to go back a couple seasons and watch our favorite Michelle. So, mm. Michelle, our favorite Michelle, how are you? <laughs> how did you like I'm- this season?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I am doing really good, and uh, wow. wow, wow, wow! I loved this season. This was this was what I hoped for from a a season called Winners at War.
0: Yeah, you talked with us a lot in December about season that shall not be named and to how like it would be so hard for survivor to make up for it so quickly but i guess it's pretty easy when you bring in like 20 of everyone's favorite castaways of all time and they just do their thing
2: and and not even just the favorite castaways like because you can have favorites that weren't any good right like That's these are true. not only favorites but these were winners
1: you know yeah, I mean, everybody famously loved Rupert, but I, I don't know that Rupert was good at the game. But He, he never won, right? <laughs> no, yeah. I, don't th- I don't think he ever made the merge, if I'm being honest. I can't <laughs> remember.
0: <laughs> oh, man, there are so many different directions we could go with this cast, but the only place to start really is the Queen of Survivor has now been joined by a King of Survivor, the only two-time male winner in history, and... The only other two-time winner besides Sandra. Tony Vlachos with a huge victory. And we can talk about what you guys feel about whether you liked him or thought he should have won. But in the end, he wound up with 12 of these 16 jury votes. Sarah, Ben, Denise, Nick, Kim, Sophie, Adam, Wendell, Yule, Rob, Danny, and Amber. Twelve people all voted for Tony while Jeremy, Tyson, Parvati, and Ethan voted for Natalie. He did not have a vote against him the entire game. He won four immunity challenges, was one shy of the individual record, tying the individual record. Had probably the single greatest episode of Survivor I've ever seen when he, in swift succession, convinced everyone to help him get out of his disadvantage, won an immunity, and then single-handedly took someone out in Tribal Council. Felt like a deserving winner in a fantastic season to me. I know there was some division, at least among my family members who I talked to about this season, whether he was liked. But, (laughs) what did you guys think? Where do we land on the great champion, potentially the greatest of all time, Tony?
1: I I loved tony this season and we talked about how crazy he is and how all over the place he is and he knew what he had to do to win like he reined it in and he played it so well and he found that like tight core alliance that he was able to walk through the entire game with and even we talked about this a few weeks ago you can have disagreements with your alliance members but even if that happened or even if you blindside like sophie a few weeks ago and like Sarah's pissed at you like they still were able to work through it and stay tight and that just proves how much that friendship meant and I think this season was yes like a lot about strategy and a lot about all that kind of stuff but we got to see like these people as people and friends that knew each other and that's what really carried him in this game and he felt like at least in the final three he felt like the most deserving winner so I'm really happy about that
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I felt like this was, out of the times that I've seen Tony play, this was the type, the time that I loved him the most. And like you said, Ty, this was the most relational we saw him. And I mean, of course, that's that's bound to happen because now he's kind of been in the Survivor family for x amount of years and has those relationships. And and you know, his first season, he came out. I feel like, I feel like people rightly hated him you know like he he was always wasn't he the one swearing on his daughter's grave and on or his mother's grave and his daughter's life and i don't know wasn't wasn't that him making all those like crazy promises and you're like wait
0: i don't it was definitely like a bald stocky guy who did that
2: oh no that was somebody else
0: was it russell i I, it might have been tony i'm i'm blanking
2: he did that he did that too, but I don't know. I I feel like a lot
0: of people have done it is the problem.
2: <laughs> yeah. I guess I just feel like I really didn't didn't love and appreciate his or like I guess I appreciated it because it's survivor, but I didn't like love it. It didn't feel yeah. really good. I mean, he was um, wild.
0: He was wild the first time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um and then this time, this time, you know, like we said, we got to see his friendships and Honestly, he just seemed like more of a person, you know, somebody you would want to sit around and talk with. And I don't know. Yeah, they they, they showed his, uh, yeah, his, his personal side more.
0: Yeah, I thought it was pretty clear how much of a social game he had, like, played when during Final Tribal, the jury was just kind of eating up everything he was saying. Like, it didn't feel like they were questioning him or criticizing him. It just felt like they were teeing him up to tell stories and he was just making them laugh and, like, doing, like, bits and they were all loving it. And you're, like, possibly skeptical about whether he would win by as much as he did, but still kind of like, oh, the jury loves this guy and his game is, like, his resume in this season was undeniable. I, I just think it was one of the more complete end-to-end performances that I can ever remember and even though I've also not always liked Tony I felt like justice was served in a couple different ways in this moment because Ty we've talked about this several times over the seasons is the best player in a season doesn't seem to always win because sometimes the best player angers a lot of people and I felt as someone who had watched a lot of seasons growing up and thought like how did Russell not win and as a kid like not understanding how angry he had made people (laughs) um, like that part of me was satisfied to see someone win all the social stuff aside because it just felt like he played the best game (laughs) Michelle has done yeah. 45 more actions just while I've been talking. <laughs> oh, but um. the other part of it is he really, like, metered it out. Like, he was very calm and measured for the first half of the season where he didn't even make himself known in a way that was sort of shocking for Tony Vlachos <laughs> even though he was building a spy nest in a tree. And, like, to watch him (laughs) calibrate in that way and pull off such a complete game is... It's just crazy, especially in such a chaotic season at times. He just was never in danger and never not in control.
1: Well, I think that was, like, one of the biggest, like, eye-opening things because uh, Entertainment Weekly got to interview all the final people and all this stuff. And in reading his interview, he was talking about how pointed his strategy was throughout the entire season like one of the things and I didn't even pick up on it but he says it is the way he approached people because he's usually the big arrogant like in your face this exact thing jumped out to me too and he said when he would talk to people he would try to position himself lower lower kind of hunch over his shoulders and appear less threatening and it's even like that little thing that as a viewer I didn't necessarily pick up on He was out there gaming literally the entire time, and I think that that is something... It's like an intangible, it comes through that you don't pick up on, but you also pick up on maybe that's why he was viewed as one of the top players in this game, because every little moment, not only was he trying to play a social game, he was also setting himself up just in the way that he was approaching people, the way he was standing, the way he was... uh, talking and listening to what they were saying like it was on an entire different level than maybe what other players are doing maybe not but he, like he he owned up to it
2: oh yeah i and i had noticed that when he was talking to people i always wondered or it crossed my mind a couple times like does he have really bad posture or like why is he kind of slumping and n- now that i hear you say that that kind of makes sense um and then additionally I thought I just feel like the editing for this season, they did such a good job of showing the that kind of showing those behaviors and such a good job of showing that the behind the scenes movements and the the nuances that happen in conversation in order to uh, push the vote, you know, one way or another.
0: And the one other thing that made it onto his resume that we haven't talked about is the fire challenge victory against his cops or us ally Sarah Lachina in the final moments of the uh, game itself which we've now seen over the years is often like a way for someone to just clinch the victory (laughs) and you know I I haven't seen jury members talk specifically about this but it felt like Natalie not participating in the fire challenge basically guaranteed that she wouldn't win because when you come from edge, you have to do such a perfect job of finishing everything. I wanted to talk about that fire making challenge because, well, on one hand it was easily the most exciting fire challenge they've had, because usually one person just builds a big fire and the other person struggles for five minutes. And it was pretty genuinely (laughs) exciting to watch Sarah get really close and then all of a sudden lose out. And I also thought to the discussion we've been talking about, about Tony being a more complete person in this season, I thought it was genuinely like emotional to watch the way that their story concluded. And you could say that Sarah was just helping guarantee him a win with the jury by making a show of it there. But I thought it was real. And I read Tony saying that he cried watching it back last night. And I I just found it moving in a way that a normal survivor season can't pull off because it doesn't have people who have played so many times and had such pre-existing relationships and lives happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, they they truly are friends in real life, and so if you then think about that like you know, if this is kind, this is kind of the 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 climactic moment in their lives probably so far for both of them, you know. This very very far reaching you know, a uh, broadcast moment of, you know, am I going to achieve my goal or is my best friend or not, maybe not best, but, you know, or is this really good friend who I've been through so much going to achieve his goal? Um, yeah, that's, I can see that, why that ended up so emotional. Um, and that was, that was interesting.
1: And you can tell everybody this season was just so, emotionally invested like you look at ben and sarah before which i'm sure we're going to talk about
0: yeah we'll, we'll like talk about it came that down too. and
1: everybody just seemed completely exhausted by the time this season was over more so than usual and i think because it is harder to vote out your friends or in this case it is harder to go against your number one ally and basically like they probably knew it the winner of that challenge was the one that was going to win two million dollars So like, after all this emotional turmoil for like 39 days, it comes down to like a 10 minute challenge. And like, I I don't know how I would handle it. Because you don't want to necessarily count out Natalie, and you don't necessarily want to count out Michelle, but it just felt like whoever won that challenge was going to be the winner of this season. And I think it just all culminated at once and it, it did make for very exciting television seeing um, Sarah try to go for it with, you know, all the husk and get a big fire, but then it died out and then Tony just kind of steadily, like he did his entire game this season, just steadily build up his fire and then in the end get the victory.
0: Yeah, I actually felt it was like genuinely disappointing to not have Sarah and Tony face off in the end. They had sort of alluded to it throughout the season, like, you won one, I won one, it's tiebreaker. And you know, with my whole feelings on the table, like, I hate the whole edge thing as, as like an end game, and I feel like to rob the two best players of the season of the chance of facing off in the end because someone came back in from day three or whatever is just kind of kind of crazy. And we'll talk more about that as we go on, I'm sure. But I, I really wanted to see the Wendell-Dom face-off. Like That was one of the more exciting endings in a recent season because they were such equals that like they literally split the vote and the third-place person had to decide the winner. Granted, I don't know if that would have happened exactly with these two. Um, a lot of people did think Tony was out front and... Uh, much was made of that in this episode with the talk of gender bias and Sarah trying to be like, I. we were basically equals making decisions all the time, and yet you guys are giving him all the credit. And we can talk about that, too. But I really did just want to see them showdown, and, uh, you know, the, it made that moment all the more emotional, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in a sense, they did showdown. Uh, we just didn't get to see the, the jury's reaction or the jury's input at the showdown. Right. Uh, though I think we did see uh, the jury's perception prior to that, I do think Natalie was telling the truth, uh, at least for the most part, when she came into the game, saying, I mean, she would have honestly had no reason to lie about that at the time. When Natalie came back into to the game, won her way back in, it was in her best interest to get rid of whoever the rest of Edge of Extinction really did think is the best player who's going to win this game. And they had alluded to that throughout the, you know, throughout the season after Tony made that move. You know, they they zeroed in on somebody, I forget who it was, and on the jury, you know, leaning over to another person saying, Tony's a boss or something like that. You know, they had shown you that that the perception on the, on Edge of Extinction was that Tony was running this game. Uh, whether or not that was reality, you know, we, we only get to see little blips of the conversations. But that is what everybody, it seems, uh, you know, really was perceiving. So, yeah, I think, is this an appropriate time also just to to talk about Natalie coming back in after getting voted out first on day two? Coming back in at the end of the game, like you mentioned earlier, um, she would have been expected to play a perfect game. And there that, I feel like even if she had, I still don't think she would have won. But, you know, she made the mistake with the idol, the her second idol play. And then not taking that fire challenge. I don't know. There was a, there was a few things that that didn't quite add you know add up properly.
0: Yeah, I felt like for me, Natalie, she wound up with four votes, as we talked about, from uh, Jeremy and Tyson, Parvati and Ethan. And I felt like you know she had a good third place story, like. She did a great job surviving on Edge of Extinction. She found her way back in. But, like, frankly, even to put her above Michelle felt wrong to me. I I thought Michelle didn't really play a winning game, but with as hard as she fought and as much as she did to make it to the end, and as much as she proved to everyone, at least me, that she was a deserving winner of her season because of how strong her social game is over 78 days now or whatever. I just felt like she should have been the runner up and it bummed me out a little bit that Natalie got votes at all. Michelle's making a lot of, our Michelle's making a lot of faces at me right now. What are what are your thoughts on this?
2: <laughs> okay. So I, I, I agree with you that like, you know, she stayed in the game, albeit um, in my opinion, this season, people probably wanted to sit next to her at the end. And in a season of all winners, it's hard to use the word goat. I'm not saying that, you know. But I do think people wanted to sit next to her at the end. And maybe not because she was, was, was you know, a less capable social player or whatever. But uh, because she showed herself all sorts of good things. You know, she so- showed herself smart in, in puzzle things. And she showed herself capable in, in relationships and, you know, alliances. But also, she was just on the outs of of all the votes, like every single one of them, it felt like. And so on, on one hand, you're like, well, yeah, that, what do you have for your resume? You know, so of course I want to sit next to that. But additionally, I just felt not bad. I I was, I was laughing and making these faces over here because, uh, the editing, they just tried to kind of like, They tried to make sure you didn't think too highly of Michelle, you know, like during, I don't know if you guys noticed during the, uh, as they kind of highlighted each or most of the, the survivors, uh, you know, giving at the end when Jeff is like, well, you know, we, we have a clip from each survivor and then it would, you know, show, say, you know, you'd hear Parvati saying, oh, this game has changed my life. And they would show this beautiful picture of Parvati, like throwing her head back and laughing. (laughs) And like you know, doing something strategic, and um, you know, every person that spoke, they showed something like charismatic and beautiful. And then with Michelle, did you guys notice what they showed with Michelle? As soon as Michelle started talking, they show her like trip and just face plant onto the <laughs> onto the balance beam.
1: <laughs> I actually did say something to the people I was watching with, to my parents. I was like, "Why was why is that what they're showing us? Like that's not fair <laughs> to her."
2: <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's like, dude, she stayed in the game the whole time. Maybe, maybe she, you know, wasn't on the right side of any of the votes, but she did outlast. Maybe she didn't outwit. Maybe she didn't outplay. Clearly, but um, but give her, give her a nice, beautiful, you know, I don't know. Yeah, not a fake balance screen.
0: <laughs> I think to me too, the difference between a goat and the way that she played was. Like, a lot of times you see those people make it to the end where they're just kind of going along with the votes that are happening and making sure that they are always on the right side of things, which she tried to do for a little while. But, like, once she realized she was on the down and out, she was constantly trying to shake things up. And to varying degrees of success, she was able to do that. But, like, it never felt like she was being used by anyone else. It always felt like she had a lot of agency. Even when Natalie came back in and was like I need you and Michelle was like telling her how it was and what she thought was going to happen and like like you said I don't know that she had a strong enough resume to win but I definitely felt that she proved she belonged out there and like I thought watching her victory in that puzzle immunity challenge with like the three layers was like a really good a really good summary of like her game basically where she was falling and falling behind but always fighting to get back in it and The moment of her kicking it down at the end was just really exciting. And I I was happy to watch her grow and develop and become, like, really confident in her survivor game over the season, even though she was never on the right side of things.
1: Yeah, I thought she did a really good job of playing on the bottom the whole time. And we talked about it. Does she want to be the goat that we take? And last week, I think I even tried to make the argument she knows what's happening like she could read the situation she knows what to do going into tribal I think she's a good player and this is probably my hot take on her it seems to me like she says a lot of words without saying anything and I think in a fast paced game like that it, it almost felt like she was left behind in conversations because she just would talk so long without actually making a point And I I think she has a really good... Game-recognized game, right, Ty? I think she has a really good (laughs) mental handle on the game, but I just think that, like, the social... She's nice and she's sweet and everybody likes her, but, like, strategically social game just, I think, passes by her a little bit.
2: Mm. Yeah, especially without any footing. I think if Mm -hmm. she would have had one or two other people that weren't in that, you know, cops are us and then slash military slash fireman alliance, you know, like there was kind of this, this, I don't know. I know there was women involved in this, so it's not exactly a bro down, but like there was that, that alliance of like we have this thing in common and clearly Michelle's not part of it. And so I feel for her in that, um, that if there's no, if there's, you know, she really had no chance of getting into that alliance. That late in the game, you know, that would have, that would have been a choice that would have had to happen way earlier, you know, that she could have maybe manipulated, but, but maybe not.
1: Right. I don't think she hurt herself at the end. I think she was more hurt by that beginning kind of drama with Wendell. And then when the merge happened and the tribe swap and all that stuff, I think at that point her game was more or less sunk, but she did a good job of just staying around and always looking for an in, but by the time numbers got small, there wasn't an in that she could find her way into.
0: And the the thing that frustrates me about the edge twist is like, that's a story. Like everything we're talking about is like a narrative that Michelle played out over the whole season of like fighting and trying to get back into it and clawing and scraping her way into the final three. And that's just more interesting of a story to me than sitting around and surviving and and we've 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 talked about this too like the twist is inherently really flawed because Natalie got voted out first which in yeah. in the scope of a season of survivor is the worst thing that can happen but she had the biggest advantage out of everyone who gets voted out throughout the season because she's on the edge the longest to the yeah. extent that she's able to essentially buy her way back into the game
2: yeah, and and also okay, I'm not saying that they couldn't. Okay, I I'm so I guess what I am saying they could do better with Ezra Extinction if they want to keep that for for a season like Winners at War. I get it because you you, this this is the last time we're probably gonna see most of these people play, right. if not all of them. And so like, I get why you would want to as a producer as an editor preserve some screen time with your faves. You know, have a have a. a Keep that in your back pocket so that you can always show Boston Rob one more time, you know, even though he's not in the game. I get that.
0: Well, and the Ethan moment was genuinely, like, really moving when he kept pushing and got all the coconuts or logs or whatever it was they were doing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, However, just that exact thing, like, it turned into how much physical exertion can you do? And that's what's good now rather than, like, there was no social aspect exactly. I mean, there there was, they tried to touch on that a little bit, but there was essentially no social aspect that would do you benefit or harm on Edge of Extinction, other right. than, in case you ever make your way back in, do the people around you like you enough to vote for you at the end, which isn't enough of the social game still going on.
0: Yeah, and it just feels like my brain is broken when we're watching Final Tribal, and she's like, My worst move was on day two when I got myself voted out. And then after that, my best move was just now when I did. And it's like there's it's like this weird coma that you were in for 30 days. And you're like, you just have to erase that part when you're factoring it in Like, I don't know how she got any vote. And this is nothing against Natalie. Like, I think she did an amazing job with the rules of the game. And I just I just feel like. In practice, if you're in a double elimination style tournament, it should be harder for you the earlier you get out, not easier.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point. That is a great point. And I don't know how they could how they could adjust this to reflect that sentiment better. But something is slightly something slightly off, something slightly askew there. I do like that. You know, I. At the same time, if she didn't get any votes, you ca- I would have also felt weird about that because, you know, it's almost you wish that people could give percentages or something, <laughs> percentages of a vote. Because I wouldn't want to give her, like, my whole vote because if I have one vote to give, I'm going to give it to the one that I think should win. But right. at the same time, you did see how she is a beast in, in athleticism, and she clearly did have a social game um, to some extent. You know, even to the you know they showed that you know the relationships with with Parvati and with Tyson and um, that sort of thing, but um, but yeah, so yeah, I just wish it was. If you only have one vote to give, I do think it makes it makes sense that Tony received the majority of the votes in in a far and wide.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, so. Maybe what we're saying is Survivor should do a preferential ballot where you have one, two, three, You yeah. rank your top three, and then like yeah. first place gets three points, second gets two, third gets one, and you just add it up from there and see who wins.
2: Would this be too confusing for viewers?
0: Probably, almost definitely.
2: Yeah.
0: But I also find it confusing for Michelle to get zero votes despite being the only person to ever play multiple times and never get voted out. Right, right. Anyway, Natalie's post-game comments were interesting. She she was surprised she didn't get more votes, actually, which tells you how much of a bond everyone on Edge probably had from just suffering through that. She said she definitely thought she had Danny's vote and Amber's vote. She also thought Kim and Sophie might have swung her way. Unfortunately, they did not.
1: <laughs> and I think that's because they were, like, the... People on the edge actually respect the game too much. Like they don't they're not gonna let their personal bond over 30 days with Natalie, who even Rob said during Final Tribal, like, you almost never talk to me. Like, you can't let that overshadow an entire game. Like that would be letting a twist a twist run the game rather than the game run the game. And we've talked a lot about how that is almost becoming the case anyways. But I think even people that might have voted her way also knew that Tony had played the game for 39 days. Tony deserved to win. Not Natalie, even though she won the logs and the coconuts and had advantages and extortion and bought three idols and two advantages and whatever else she bought. That's not Survivor. And, and maybe one day, far enough down the road, it, that would be considered survivor, but it's not the norm yet. So you can't hand, hand a victory to her, because I would argue she didn't even play her few days as well as Chris did, because Chris wasn't... Yeah. He didn't have a free idol when he came back, he didn't find another idol, and he didn't choose to sit out of fire making. So really, she almost did the worst she could do in a way when she came back by not ever really being in trouble. I will say I I was
0: reminded today reading up on the countless number of Survivor pieces that were out on the internet thanks to uh, the 20-year anniversary that I forgot that Chris's victory was not the first time that Survivor had done this, like, extinction-like twist. Actually, in Sandra's first winning season at Pearl Islands, they had a whole outcast twist where... Several six contestants who had been voted out just came in as a third tribe, which is not something I remember, but I was like, oh, (laughs) this isn't new. This isn't entirely new.
2: Yeah. I, uh, Ty, to your point about like, this is about respect for the game. That's why Tony got all the votes, you know, the majority of the votes. I agree. Like, I, I love, and that's something I loved about it was that because they're all winners, they all really do respect the game. Or presumably. And, I mean, this would be... This is the buzz phrase that Jeff loves, but, like, the evolution of the game. Like, people weren't as concerned with with getting their feelings hurt this season. Uh, You know, because I'm sure feelings were hurt, and you saw that with, with Jeremy seemed a bit salty, but, like, most of the people, like, there wasn't really that, like, oh, you betrayed me? Like, how could you? You know, like, you didn't get that, because, um... Maybe partially because there was friendship there, and you could tell that people were doing a little bit, doing actually doing an amazing job of strategically working around friendships and through friendships. Um, but then friendships additionally,
0: was yeah way more of a theme this season than yeah. usually, like real friendships.
2: Yeah, but then then that added layer. So you had that added layer of friendships being maneuvered, um, real friendships. But then you also had that like respect for the game, saying no, this is outwit. You know, this is out. We'd outplay out last, and that's what we're doing. So I give my vote to Tony.
0: I'm curious, actually. I, I was just looking this up, and maybe this will be a surprise to you, or maybe it won't, because I just feel more and more recently like time is a construct. But I was looking this up, and you played Survivor. Your your season aired over four years ago now, which means you basically played five years ago. Yeah. Um, so it it's. Yeah, it's been a surprising amount of time. But all the talk this season about coming home and, like, feeling like you can't trust the people in your life after playing Survivor was, like, a really interesting angle I've never seen the show take before. And I was curious, like, if you had that experience, if you were like, oh, I can't trust you, best friend from high school. Yes.
2: <laughs> no, okay, so... So. um I did have that, but it wasn't very pronounced. It, there was a few instances that I remember, and it was easy for me to shut off or turn away from, but I remember this one time I walked into my parents' house, and I saw my dad and my brother standing over in this corner, talk like, kind of talking in lower voices, and I was like, I wonder what they're saying about me. <laughs> I'm like, clearly, and then I, like, told myself immediately, Michelle, they are not talking about you, like, why would they be talking about you and like why would it be negative if they are like don't worry about it and then i remember this other time i uh i was getting my my uh eyebrows waxed by my friend a good time friend a long time friend good friend of mine and she like puts the wax on my face and i go oh no what if she just tears off my eyebrow like on purpose like to make (laughs) me look bad and I was like, why would Michelle, why would she do? This? So like, yeah, you have these weird moments where you just don't trust the motives and intentions and behaviors of other people around you <laughs> for a month or so. And then it like recalibrates to like this, like, oh, no, 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 This you can trust the normal people that you're interacting with.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. Does it feel like it's been that long? Do you, what, what What do you remember most when you're watching the show and you're like, ah, people don't know that like. What does it still feel different to you or do you feel like you're just a viewer again?
2: Um, it still feels different. I I get so pissed when I see how much rice they're eating these seasons. <laughs> I get so pissed. I'm like, what? No way. Um that bothers me. And then um there's other times, you know, like when it's raining, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so much colder than you can even imagine. Like it's so much mm. more uncomfortable than you realize because not only is it raining on them, they are tired, they are fatigued, they are starving. Like they are hangry and being rained on and cold and tired. So like I don't know, I guess I just I feel much more for and I and I notice those tiny little things that maybe you wouldn't that other people wouldn't be realizing. Like Oh, where'd they get that spoon? Or you know, like what I, you know, Like I noticed, like we had, we were using like pieces of wood and and shells. And, <laughs> oh, they must have won something that had a fork in it, or you know, like so. I just noticed the weird little, you know, extras.
1: The full painting kit that was very prominently featured for the last yeah. month.
2: Yeah. What the well, heck? Come on. <laughs> I would have. I didn't care. I don't get envious about the painting kit. Um, but I. <laughs> But I do get envious about, like, the food and the the utilities.
0: You know, it's funny, too. It, speaking of, like, what people see versus what happens, Tony mentioned in the final five Tribal Council that, like, they, they were talking about growing while playing Survivor just because so many of these people were basically not there for the money because they had already won before, um, even though it was $2 million prize. <laughs> um and Tony said, the audience doesn't see the social part of it, they see the strategy part of it, and the like. they don't know how real these relationships are, because we're just living with these people, and I, I think that's sort of true, but I also think that's kind of a flaw of Modern Survivor, where I do want to see the social part. I find that just as compelling as the strategy part a lot of the time, and... It's funny to watch them sit and travel and be like, the audience doesn't understand, but it's sort of like we're not being given permission to understand at the same time.
2: <laughs> yeah, and of course that that circles back around to the editing, like what are they showing and, and what can you show in editing? And that, I actually felt like they did a really good job of that um, this season and in recent seasons of showing the the conversations where you get to see the laughter or the the fun or the the quirkiness or I don't know. I felt I feel like they did show a bit of that, a lot of that, actually, this season.
1: Yeah, I think there was a lot of chances where we did get to see just people interacting and having fun, not talking about strategy. But the game has evolved. And, like, uh, Taylor and I were talking last week. I watched three episodes from the first season, and it was literally no strategy. It was all, like, personality conflict is why people went home. And it's just it's so interesting now that personality conflict is like a small portion of the strategy of getting rid of people well i mean it
0: it started much more literal too right where they're like this is literally the weakest person let's vote them out (laughs) and now it's like everyone is thinking five moves ahead of themselves so Mm -hmm. it's like a (laughs) never-ending like invisible chess game that like it's almost like, the more I watch it, the more I think I would do terrible in Modern Survivor because it's, like, so damaging to be an overthinker because everyone's already overthinking everything, and I just feel like I would would fall apart instantly. I would, like, trust someone fully, and then they'd, they would like, <laughs> vote out my best friend, and then I'd be like, wow, I guess I am not in with anyone. <laughs>
2: That's where you'd then have to be adaptable. you know we that's what like Sarah literally that's what happened to Sarah, right? her her closest alliance got voted out by her other closest alliance, or maybe not her close you know one alliance voted out by the other, and then she's like, "Dude, you killed my game." and then somehow got over it and continued to play and and, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, let's talk about Sarah because I think even though Tony won, Sarah probably had the best episode of anyone. And just really, like, jumped out on the screen and made a name for herself that... I mean, she already had a name for herself, but, like, stood out in her alliance and had a remarkably emotional and, like, counter-cultural, like, survivor moment with Ben, unlike anything I've seen on the show in a long time, and uh, I, I've talked on and on this whole season about how impressed I've been by simply her confidence and how sure of herself she is in the way that she plays. But once again, like we got to see in her game changer season with, um, with Zeke and everything, we, we got to see just how kind and empathetic of a human she is too. And I, I, truly was rooting for her even though i'm i'm fine with tony winning i was like really finding myself cheering for sarah to to pull out the victory and i she's one of my favorites even though like i i don't know that much about sarah the person from watching the show other than just like how human she is
1: yeah i really liked her coming into this season i know we didn't do winter picks but she was definitely in my top three like going into this season And seeing that final tribal where she talked about, like, the gender discrepancy, and I think it's, like, 12 of the last 15 winners are guys now. And Jeff owned up to being like, dude, I'm sorry. I just have been hanging out with my bros the whole time. And, you know, he does that speech. I actually said, oh, the speech is for Taylor. They must listen to our podcast.
0: Well, what's crazy is this was filmed not to go down this rabbit hole, but this season was filmed before Island of the Idols. And it's it's crazy to think that they had this conversation and Jeff like made this whole quasi-apology about it. And then it was immediately followed by the filming of their most disastrous season of all time. <laughs> so we'll see whether he can actually take those lessons to heart. But, but as you were saying.
1: Yeah, and I think Sarah did a really good job at highlighting maybe the fact that, well culture is progressing to be less and less gender biased, like, it's still there. Even when you don't think you're being gender biased, like, it still exists, you know? She cut out Jeff because he calls some of the guys by their last name, and she wants to be Lucina. So, it, it showed the very next tribal, he said, Sarah, and she's like, Lucina? And he's like, Lacina. You know, like, so even when you're trying to do the right thing, you don't always do the right thing. And like you said, the season with Zeke, I thought she... Did the exact same thing where she said what needed to be said, and that was a good. The edit from there on out, it was no doubt in my mind that she was gonna win, and I think because obviously they knew Tony was gonna win this season, you, we have to know Sarah's still Sarah. Sarah's still a good person. Sarah still cares about people. Uh, she's a very very fierce competitor, which is also something that's fun to watch. But she's also a genuine person that likes to build relationships, takes the game very seriously, and is kind of at the forefront of being a woman in kind of a man's world in her job. So she's like breaking those barriers and wants people, like she has the platform of Survivor, which not a lot of people have a platform, and she's using it well. And I think that aside from just her gameplay, which I love, I think her as a person and standing up for what she stands for, I really appreciate as well.
2: Yeah. And so I had mixed feelings on this during that time, because everything that she was saying, I was agreeing with. I was like, yeah, you know, I see that in my own life. Um, You know, I'll be in discussions or something where I'll I'll say something, you know, say an idea or quote something. And five minutes later, a a man in the room quotes it and people go, oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, man, I wish somebody would have said that five minutes ago um and so I like oh it. i heard
0: it i just heard it in the air somewhere it came to me
2: <laughs> yeah and so like i i absolutely know that what she's saying is true and at the same time i was wondering okay so then where's the where's the disconnect is the disconnect in my mind because i or, or i'm gonna start actually sooner is the disconnect in the editing like are they are they showing equally the, quote, moves that Tony's making and, quote, the moves that Sarah's more in charge of, are they showing that correctly? Or is the disconnect in my mind where when I see a man do it, I respect it more than when I see a woman do it? um Because it because even at that moment, I was still, like, I'm guilty of it. I f- was feeling like Tony is playing a better game than Sarah. And so I don't know where what to, like, point at and be like, oh, well, the editing showed this. And obviously, of course, the editing is was arcing to to make tony the winner so there's that but i do i do wonder how like i just wish i could have i wish this is one of those things where you know how big brother like they have just a webcam going the whole time so you can really see like everything i don't know <laughs> i don't know right. I, I know think-
0: i know what you're talking about i can't say that i've ever <laughs> tuned in to watch the live big brother webcam but
2: Okay, I've actually never seen an episode I don't think, but I've seen the live feed. I don't know how that even happened, but it happened. Um and it just feels like that is what I, the kind of factual evidence that I would need to see to be able to know like was, you know, how equal or how much better was Tony's game or Sarah's game than the other.
0: Right. And I think it's obviously not like in the context of Survivor, it's not a very clear-cut thing because there's always, like, these different layers of, like, what you're talking about with Perception where, you know, maybe she didn't deserve to beat Tony, but her point is still, like, clear over the Survivor seasons because you just see, like, I think she maybe said this exact thing where a woman might make, a, like, a deceptive, backstabby move and it'll be like, ooh, it was like, a flirty, like like, manipulative, like, woman thing. And, yeah. like, if a guy does it, they're like, ooh, that's one of the all-time greats. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah. Which has definitely happened over those seasons. And, like, that that's sort of what makes it complicated trying to, like, put, like, the broad onto the specific in that way. But there's also the piece of it where she knew from Natalie that the jury viewed Tony as the front runner so she had to get up during tribal and like make a show of it which she was also effectively doing within that speech not that uh not that yeah. she was faking it but but just that like it was also serving that purpose as well so it's uh, a yeah. it's an interesting layered thing and i think that's why people have a hard time talking about this stuff because it's always easy to be like well i'm not being biased like i I know that it exists but it's not me and then you wind up just like <laughs> perpetuating it forever.
2: Yeah. So I do think it's a cultural. I do think it's a cultural shift, like in a good or. I don't even want to say a shift. I want to say a growth that, um, you know, what was it? Not like barely a hundred years ago, women could vote, That's and crazy. you know, like so. It's like it's more and more becoming. You know, women are becoming like uh, more and more equal members of society and um so i think i think there's like in our art or in our entertainment like that that evolution is is just slightly well sometimes it's lagging behind but sometimes it's more more i guess progressive but all that to say i think also it's been cool to see like uh the attitudes of women catching up to the same like to agree with with that shift like uh I don't know if you have the stats on, like, how many idols were found by women's season. Taylor, I do not
0: There facts? were so many idols this season that I kind of lost track, but... That's true. But I did think, like, just to make your point, like, in this final episode, Ben and Tony were, like, we looked and we didn't find it, so she couldn't have found it. And <laughs> Natalie, of course, did yeah. find it. So, like, ever since that infamous, like, women never find idols thing a few years ago, like, they really have seemed to have picked it back up. We'll have to find the stats on it but
2: yeah i think most of the idols found this season were by women i could be wrong but maybe i just got super excited every time a woman found an idol (laughs) but like but like i'm i don't know in my head that's what i that's the, the the tallies that i made
0: yeah and obviously the 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 tricky piece of it from a big picture standpoint is still six straight male winners and like ty said earlier 12 of the last 15 um and like I was just saying, I, I think you could look back at each of those seasons and potentially be like, oh, they deserve to win but like you're talking about Michelle, I, I wonder what the perception of everything does to like lead to that moment where we're like, oh yeah, this person deserved to win and it it is kind of strange that Michelle and Sarah are also the last two female winners <laughs> and they were two that were in the end here. So, mm-hmm. you know... It, it it's a it's a challenging thing. That I think the thing I appreciate about Sarah, both in this instance and with the Zeke moment a few years ago, is she talks about things in the way that like real people talk about things, and she doesn't sound like she's like giving talking points or speaking at like a political rally, um, which obviously like that. Sp- sp- believing in a political candidate isn't necessarily a bad thing, but like she just talks, like I imagine people in their living rooms talk about this stuff, which I appreciate. Yeah. So the, the other thing, obviously before we lose sight of it completely is the decision by Ben to entirely sacrifice himself for the sake of Sarah continuing and having a chance was like, so interesting and like I, I can imagine that there was blowback from people who were like you know you're out there on Survivor what are you doing but I also sort of admired it from a perspective of like I've never seen someone on this show perform a selfless act <laughs> in in quite that way so it was like it was a really cool and like bizarre thing and and obviously it wasn't entirely just someone being generous because he said in his post-game interview today that he knew he wasn't respected on the jury and he felt a lot of his relationships had fallen apart and ended up hurting him in the long run and he didn't want to go to the final three and sit there and get crucified so it was a little bit of self-preservation for his mental health as well (laughs) but i still thought it was cool and and like all the other sarah moments in this episode it made me tear up
2: I was just say I was torn because on one hand it was a completely unnecessary move and not the like when you think of when you think of that alliance Tony, Ben and Sarah. Obviously it was mostly Sarah and Tony and then they but they did have Ben as a close third and then Ben of course had his closest was was Denise. But in the, and it's hard to know where his, where where was his closest alliance, you know. But it was an unnecessary, like the survivor. Pardon me. Is like that was an unnecessary sacrifice and not strategic. Like if, if they, if they first of all, if they would have listened to uh, to Tony earlier, it, things would have been Oof. different. And I would like to yeah. circle back to that at some point. But, uh, but then this moment, like they were kind of Tony or Ben was kind of like, well, we don't know if she's going to play the idol. What if she plays it for Michelle? So therefore, I guess just vote me out. I don't know. I don't know. It was, I, the survivor, I didn't respect it as a strategic move because they were assuming a lot that didn't even happen. And then, and not, I don't know, uh, not that. I do, I do want to say to your point, I'm impressed. You know, like you said, like, what? A selfless move in survivor, <laughs> especially that that's worth a lot of money. Like, I know he, maybe he, you know, had analyzed it and said, well, I'm not going to win the two million. But I mean second place still gets a lot of money
0: yeah. um well and yeah it's interesting too because we had spent a lot of this season kind of critical of Ben for how yeah. mean he seemed to be to Adam and he was just kind of coming off as a bully his like feud with Jeremy seemed really unnecessary from what we yeah. saw I think his explanation of it kind of confused me not not to like not you know exculpate him or whatever but he said he, he he when he first talked to Jeremy, he turned around and uh, they were walking up a hill or something, and he looked back and Jeremy was kind of like for the camera, like, "What's the deal with this guy?" <laughs> so I guess he caught Jeremy kind of making fun of him to the cameraman, and that was sort of the seed of their distrust, but it was a pretty remarkable like turnaround in the last minute for him after a season of kind of like, "Do we like
1: Ben?"
2: <laughs> yeah." Oh, no, I totally agree with that.
1: But I think this is what Ben and even Michelle, to some extent, wanted to do. And I think if you look at Michelle's interview, she's kind of okay with what happened. Obviously, you want to win, right? There's two million. But they both felt like they wanted to rewrite their perception. And Ben sort of did that in a way, like he got in an alliance this season. it didn't go well. Sometimes he fought with Jeremy. Sometimes he made dumb calls. Sometimes he looked like a jerk, like he said to Adam and stuff. And he went to nearly as many
0: tribals as Michelle and was unprotected in most of them.
1: Yeah. And to his point for stepping away, I think he came to Survivor to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. And in any other season of not just winners, like That person gets roasted alive because they just quit, especially that close to the end. But these people are all already millionaires, you know, and they came out to play a game that they love and they both kind of just wanted to, in a sense, redeem their story. And I think maybe he was mentally shot at that point and he he made friends. He made friends with Tony and he made friends with Sarah and he said him and Jeremy is purely in-game fight. I, I don't know if I buy that. And I think that he accomplished what he wanted to and then just f- kind of fell on his sword because he was mentally exhausted trying to be a good person and play the game.
0: Yeah, it's it's so fascinating to think that Tony was the ultimate winner and potential like greatest of all time candidate now. Sarah was the other most impressive player probably um but michelle and ben feel like the real like human winners of the season like they grew the most and feel the happiest about how they played out of people i've heard talk about it and it's just a really like cool reminder that survivor can be more than just you know all the stuff we watch and argue about did survivor change you michelle
2: um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like, <laughs> I, I don't, I i think about this, like, every once in a while, um, uh, I, it, yes, it did, but, like, I don't know how would I would articulate the difference that Survivor made versus any slightly traumatic event that happens in someone's <laughs> life,
1: you know? You used to appreciate life more now.
2: And comfort, and, I don't know, no, there <laughs> yeah. was... For me, it was the more uh, stressful. What's the word? the The more stressful part wasn't anything that happened in the game. It was actually like everything that happened after the game. Hmm. That was that
0: was what like me and like, me, like being a public figure, sort of having people talk about you all the time.
2: Yeah, that and like. Uh, maybe I was a little soft, but like I had never had anyone hate me for no reason before. <laughs> I don't know. And as much as you would like to say, like, well, you don't know them, why would you care if they hate you? Um, it, for years, I didn't scroll down to look at the comments below anything. Um, because the one time I did, like, you know, I was like, <gasps> I don't know. And like, I don't, you know, I just purposely wouldn't get on Twitter. I still don't. I don't not on purpose anymore. I just don't r- forget about it. But like I don't know. I that was that was hard to deal with for me.
0: Yeah, and I can only imagine it must be so weird cuz we were talking before about how it's been like 5 years since that happened basically and it it must be so strange to have it blowing up where like you're engaging on social media and you're getting all this response all the time from people, both good and bad. And then I imagine eventually it just kind of like dries up and people go away and they focus their attention on other things. And So
2: yeah. Yes. It, it, there's still weird aspects. Like I still probably get, I get multiple DMs still probably every day from fans. And that's on just one social media. I don't check uh, others as much, yeah. but like, so there's still in that, and that's kind of weird because I don't check my message requests, you know, daily. Anyways, maybe not even weekly, but like I'll go back and be like, oh wow, you know, they still, somebody's still catching up on Survivor. You know, they're like, <laughs> hey, I just caught up and watched your season. <laughs> um, so it's mostly stuff like that. Um, but like I don't think of it now because it doesn't, it doesn't affect my life daily. Other than that, I love to watch Survivor more than ever. You know, so. So it is kind of funny. Like if I make a new friend or something, you know, months down the road, something comes up, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I was on it." If something comes up, to us, I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, so I don't know. It is kind of a funny. It is. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's it must be strange. I, I mean, I can't imagine anything weirder than, especially like you participated in a late season of Survivor, like to step into your own television. <laughs> And then, like, back out into the real world and realize that it is real, and like, it's coming at you from all these other directions. It's it's crazy, um, and you know, just tie for whatever it's worth. Uh, we talk about all these people as if we know what's going on, but we're just watching. <laughs> I hope no one is ever too uh, offended or or hurt by things we talk about. So hopefully, hopefully, we've done an okay job of that over the years.
1: Yeah, we're just fans, we read interviews, we've gotten to talk to some cool people that have actually gotten to play the game, and we love the show. So when I have hot takes about I hate this person, I don't hate the person, I just think that they made a dumb move. (laughs) That's it.
0: Oh man, there's so much from this episode I'm not even sure we have time to cover. Tony's spy nest paid off, Um, (laughs) he started a fire in the middle of the night to look for an idol there was sort of an idol apocalypse at the tribal of six yeah. where denise and sarah went wound up being the only two in danger like there was so much stuff that happened in this three hour this was the first time they packed the entire three hours just of content and yeah it was pretty remarkable
2: yeah I loved that they did that. And so, you know, there's that one, there's that little nostalgic feeling that you kind of wanted to see the survivors at the reunion interacting with each other and answering personal questions. On the other hand, like you said, like this is the first time we got to see so much content uh, for this final episode. And I loved it. Um, I loved the detail that we got in, in the different votes. You know, I mentioned that 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 Tony vote of that last night. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm meshing all my, my things together, but I, I don't know. I've just, I have loved the the more of the detail that we get.
1: I think my favorite part about not being a live reunion show was Jeff didn't have to interview a child and be like, well, maybe in 30 years you can come on. Har, har, har.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ty, you just brought it up. There was a moment at the very end where Ty, where, not Ty, because Ty's here. Jeff said apply we're gonna have try to have a season on in the fall even though nothing's shooting right now because of the coronavirus pandemic and all production of everything is basically shut down but he said apply if you if you wanted to apply you should apply if you're a kid you should apply and it was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. pause
2: (laughs) toddler edition
0: (laughs) 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 i just here's here's the thing On one hand, high schoolers should not be put in that much physical danger, I don't think. I guess there have been 18-year-olds on the show here and there, although one of them looked like he was 29. Uh, I, I think if you were to put people that young out there, you should take care of them a little bit more, potentially. But I would love to see... Remember the drama of high school? Imagine if that was Survivor. Oh,
2: gosh, I oh gosh.
1: It would just be Big Brother playing Survivor. I feel like I mean, like I said, I've never seen the show, but it just feels like it would all just devolve into like relational drama. Like, oh, they're cute, I'm cute, maybe we should run this island. <laughs> Here's what they should do,
0: Survivor. It should be a tribe of baby boomers versus a tribe of whatever the youngest generation is the one who like watches TV shows on Twitch, uh, (laughs) just put them up (laughs) against against the, the like adults and we can settle this generational debate once and for all whoever wins gets to decide what to do about climate change.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's clear, uh, survivor is, is is scraping in and grasping you know for a younger a younger viewership
0: yeah that's and, what it felt like first and foremost
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and and i like it like i don't mind like i want i want survivor to continue forever it's the only show that i watch and so um i would i would like that so if if we need younger viewership okay and i guess they think that you know by putting younger people on, like we're going to get younger viewership, uh, which maybe, you know, and that was, I feel like that, that switch happened like with my season, millennials versus Gen X, they were really trying to like grab at a younger, younger audience. I don't know. I just, I just still laugh about like how they, they tried to make like our tribe look like fun and like pre-spirited <laughs> versus, you know, the, the, the strict, uh,
0: the disciplinarians. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy how much TV has changed over time and the way we consume things. I mean, even the fact that we used the word content earlier is not something people would have done 10 years ago. And, like, I was reading today, I think it was in The Ringer, and someone could fact-check them and fact-check me in the process, but they said the finale of season one had, like, 100 million people watching. And according to Hollywood Reporter, this... Seasons finale that we're talking about had about 8 million. So, like, people just... Not as many people watch cable television anymore. And it it's never going to be as popular as it used to be. But I hope that it does appeal to younger people. And I hope the game continues to evolve in interesting ways. Because even though, like Ty said, it's not the show it started out as, it still is survivor for the most part at its core and as long as there's tribal council there will be survivor so it's like give us that every three days and we can make it work
2: well okay and so here's the other thing cbs maybe you need to evolve with the you know like with the lack of cable tv you know i don't know what that could even be or look like but like quibi something (laughs) because i just think of like like for instance, I wanted to watch it live yesterday cuz I I don't have a TV and so I have to like and I don't have cable so I have to like wait for it to be posted online and then go watch it later. And yesterday I was like, "Oh, I really would love to to watch it live." So I like texted a bunch of friends, not a bunch, but multiple. And was I texted like
0: Texted some Ding. of my millions of friends. <laughs>
2: Hey, do you, weird question, do you have cable, and can I come over for three hours on Wednesday? <laughs> and more importantly, can I watch Survivor Finale live at your house? <laughs> um, and no one had it, <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I couldn't. I had to, like, stay up till, you know, whenever, watching it. But
1: yeah.
0: come on,
2: CBS. It just evolves, CBS. Your Your show is evolving, so how come...
1: It is tough. And especially thinking like in my mind I'm still part of the like younger generation of viewers, but I'm going to be like 30 this year. <laughs> I just I I don't even understand like <laughs> I just don't how did I become the old viewer? But in the same vote like you like I didn't have cable currently. I'm at my parents' house looking for a job. And that's the only reason I've ever watched Survivor Live in the last like ten years. <laughs> so yeah, figure out how to not make me have CBS All access. Yeah.
0: Technology and 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 like younger viewership habits aside, like we said, it it was cool to have this last three-hour episode and I do like the sense that, like, everyone sits down at 8 p.m. and watches something. Like, that's not a normal thing in our culture anymore, so that's kind of cool. And, you know, there was no reunion show, but I felt like one of the pluses of Edge was the reunion show basically happened in the opening minutes of this episode, which is a point that my my mom made when we were watching it, which is, like, she was like, this is the reunion show. I was like, yeah, pretty much is, because they were letting all of the former winners just talk and talk about how much survivor had meant to them over the years. And it was a really powerful like opening. And, you know, when, when Ethan started talking about how survivor literally saved his life, I just was, was losing it.
2: Oh my goodness. I hadn't, I didn't know that little, you know, factoid that he gave either about how the money that was raised through survivor ended up funding or at least partially funding the drug that then saved his life. That's, Amazing. I I don't yeah, that was that was worth the uh, all of the, you know, sentiment that we heard. Yeah,
0: it's crazy how Ethan basically made edge worth it on its on his own. Mhm. Mhm. Ty, Do you have any thoughts about your main man Ethan?
1: Um I still love Ethan. I uh,
0: I don't want to make you cry on the podcast. <laughs> no,
1: I did enough crying last night. Um <laughs> I love Ethan and it's great to be able to see somebody that has beaten cancer twice and come back. And like, I think the way he feels about the game is the way, obviously he probably feels about it a lot more because he's played it and won and whatever. But like, in some way, everybody wants to relate to him in the way that he loves Survivor of he's going to do whatever he can to try and play this game has changed his life he's used this game to change millions of lives in africa through his aids relief and his soccer program and everything that he's done and even if natalie had won i still could have taken solace in the fact that ethan came back and i I would have been okay i wouldn't have remembered natalie i'm happy tony won and i'll probably remember that a lot more but the fact that Ethan came back after not playing for 17 or 18 years or whatever it is he said. It, it just it brought me back to that time when I was 11 or 12 and watching him play. And that alone was enough to and make And you're almost this 30 season, now, so... That was a, <laughs> enough <laughs> to make this season fantastic. It, it had nothing else gone right, getting to see Ethan, getting to see him persevere in those... Endurance challenges, like, all of that, I think, just encapsulates the feeling that we want to have about a season 40 of everybody returning. It's just warm warm fuzzies all around.
0: If you haven't seen it, I mean, obviously, go watch this season if you haven't seen it. But if you don't have the time, just go look up the video of him playing with the children in Africa during the reward challenge he was on there. Back when the show used to do, like, the community involvement aspect of their rewards. And it's, like, really powerful. He's just such a good guy. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen such, like, an optimistic, all-around, liked-by-everyone character on the show in quite that way. Where I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say a bad thing about him. Or even, like, a lightly negative thing. Like, everyone just loves Ethan. And, you know, like, that whole sequence watching them reflect on their survivor journeys. Like you said, Ty, you were thinking about being... 11 and and watching these people run around on the beach and stuff like this season more than any other, like really made me feel the passage of time in such a, such an emotional way because we weren't just watching like a season of people or like, uh, some kind of weird theme that we're distracted by the whole time. Like we were just watching people, most uh, uh, most of the group being people whose careers were essentially Survivor. Tyson's job was basically playing Survivor. And to see them all reckon with, like, some sort of ending to that journey was really powerful because it just makes you think about how time has passed in your own life. And like similarly Ty, I was having flashbacks to like the very early survivor seasons where my parents would watch it together and me and my brother would be in the other room playing and they would be like a challenge is on and we'd run in and watch a challenge and then just leave (laughs) because we were so young that we only cared about that and didn't know what was happening with the strategy part and like just to think about all the stuff in my life that's happened over the years like I've grown up through the entire show. I mean, just to age myself very specifically, I was, I believe, six or seven when the show started. (laughs) And, like, now I am a quote-unquote adult. Like, I've been in the real world for years and years. Like, we moved all over the country, and, like, I went to high school and college, and we'd done this podcast for, like, an eighth of the show's run, probably. (laughs) Which feels like more than it sounds like. But (laughs) it was was just really emotional. And I I don't think the show could ever... Like, I think you could say there have been better seasons of the show in the past. But, like, going forward, I don't know how they could top this. I don't know how they could do more than this. Because it takes such a cumulative, like, sequence of events to build something like this
2: yeah and, and the people that were able to enjoy this season the most are people that have been watching this for years. You know there was layer upon layer upon layer of of you know content, culture, relationships, uh, personas. like there was just so much so much to be appreciated that could only be appreciated or could be appreciated most by by exactly that kind of viewer. That've been been around, you know, since the beginning.
0: Yeah, and now here we are at not the end. I guess there's there's more to come, but it's at least some kind of ending for the show. In at least in eras and with the evolutions over the last few years, it feels like we're only going to get further and further away from what we know to be Survivor at its core. And it's going to be interesting to see it develop. I. I think it's, it's, <sighs> I know that things are going to change slightly for how we do our thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've alluded to this a few times just because sometimes it is exhausting to put together everything in the way that we do on our podcasts. And we really love, Everyone who's listened, especially the people we know by name, like Ernest. Can, can you believe that, Michelle? One of one of the greatest things that came from this podcast is we met a friend from New Zealand who listens to us every week. <laughs> it's like your DM thing, but like probably less creepy most of the time. <laughs> but I know that, uh, and I, I want Ty to say what he wants to say too, but we're just like... It's a little too exhausting to keep it up every week for both what the show has become and like, frankly, like how the podcast has evolved. I'm not going to say goodbye. I imagine we're both still going to watch the show and we'll probably be back for episodes once or twice a year. But I I think we're going to step away from weekly coverage.
1: Yeah, we're, we're taking a hiatus because when this started... Yeah, call it that. When this started, we were both college students and college students are probably the most free time anybody's ever going to have in their life. And we <laughs> loved it. And we still love doing this. There's no way we would work as hard to keep doing this if we didn't love it. But we're, we're taking a short break next season. I don't know what coverage there will be, if any, um, Obviously, we still love season, the show. God willing. Yeah, yeah, God willing, and they get to film one before next fall. We're, we're just going to step away and take a break. You can look forward to Taylor's tweets. I'm obviously off Twitter. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome. We've loved getting to have guests on this show. It's been some of the most fun we've had. We love that Michelle comes back all the time. Uh, our first guest we ever had, Sunday, who famously I talked crap about her entire season, <laughs> was our first guest. So it, it's just fun memories like that. We had Carl on a few times. Davey came on. Like it, it, We've had a lot of fun doing this. And we are going to continue to watch the show, but we need to take a step back and we need a breather to just be fans again and to just watch the show. And I think that's what we're going to do for at least at least one season.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to think about. When we started, it sounded like we were talking into a potato (laughs) (laughs) with the quality of audio we were putting together. I think the first time we had Michelle on the podcast, I had her on speakerphone, like resting on like a a cardboard box in front of my microphone. So it probably sounds terrible. I'm sure it's still in the podcast feed if people want to go find it. But you know, we've figured that stuff out over the years. This show has been here for me. And Ty, you've, you've been here for me in in times that were, were hard. <laughs> I think we both have, have gone through, like, sort of overlapping periods of, like, living in complete isolation for years at, like, our first jobs out of college and then, like, moving on from them <laughs> in one way or another. And it's... It's meant so much to me to have this consistent, like stable part of our lives that I knew I could come back to every week, and uh, oh, I don't know I just I love you, Ty. <laughs> I
1: love you. let's go shoot our, shoot each other. <laughs> I to shoot ourselves, but that's not the point. That's not, that's that was a
2: quote, point. by the way, for you listeners. That was a quote from last night's episode, kind of. Yes,
1: yeah, so right, right, Sarah right, right, and Tony, right. very paraphrased, and just just know, me and Taylor are like Sarah and Tony. <laughs> I call I call Sarah.
0: You can be Tony, <laughs> except like not nearly as smart or manipulative. Oh man, so uh yeah, sorry, sorry, Michelle, I kind of derailed us. that that little whole thing but obviously thank you to you as well we've had so many great conversations over the years and we might do it a few more times like i said we're not necessarily going away uh it's just not going to be quite as intense (laughs) um but uh yeah give us some of your closing thoughts on the season the first 40 seasons of survivor Where, where do you feel like we're headed you, you, oh. you can either tell us where our civilization is headed or, or where Survivor's headed, whichever one feels easier.
2: That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh man. Wasn't ready for that question. I I have no idea where Survivor's headed. Um but what I do know is I will continue to watch it and enjoy it. And uh I've loved being on this podcast with you guys. So thank you for the the constant invites back.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for, I, I, you know, just as like an RIP, I, I, and like I said, the feed will still exist. We'll probably still do this once or twice a season, but like, I think one of the things I always appreciated about being able to do this tie is like, we just have fun and like talk about what interests us. And, I feel like a lot of Survivor podcasts that I've explored are like way too nitty gritty for me <laughs> and like too long. I know this episode is too long, but um, I'm just glad we've been able to do this and have a platform where people could come and have fun and not feel like we're just here to pepper them with questions. Cause that's kind of what I always hoped this would be. And you know, maybe it'll be that again in the future. We'll see how many, how, how long this goes on for, you know, that's pretty much, That's pretty much all I got. Uh, I I don't know where Survivor's going either. I'm interested to see. At this point, I feel our our pleas of bringing the game back to its purest form are probably falling on deaf ears. But it's still a good show, and this season was really good. Probably easily a top 10 season, maybe more. And I'm grateful to have it around. Uh, Michelle, I've said this a few different ways over the last couple of seconds, but... Thank you again for coming back for this episode. Do you have any last words for the people or last, like, motions that people can't see you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing this motion. This will be my final motion for the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just farewell to the Winners at War season and uh, to a fun podcast. A
0: little shoulder shimmy, I think, is how I would describe that. Shoulders shimmy, but up. you never- a thumbs up <laughs> Ty any last last words Eat fruits and vegetables <clears throat> That's how I'm gonna go out I you know I would love if if in some version of this world no one ever hears your voice ever again and they just always remember eat fruits and vegetables <laughs> <laughs> That's what Tyler B Commons always said. Yeah. Th- thank thank you everyone for listening over the years and talking with us and writing reviews and whatnot. Thank you to all of our guests who I honestly, I can't even remember all of the names off the top of my head right now. You mentioned a few, um, Carl, Davey, Wendell, Libby, Michelle, Sunday. Um, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, uh we'll we'll find something else to do in the future, but for now we're gonna uh break the norm of our podcast and stop rambling, unlike for the last five years. And uh I'll just say for Tyler B. Commons, I'm Taylor P. Gaines. Good night. <laughs> Here on the island, you gotta talk about the show if you wanna live here on the island.
2: Are you gonna survive when you're gonna
0: be a living a life on the island? And you're living a survivor on the island. I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is right. okay. Michelle's waving goodbye, just so everyone knows. <laughs> <sighs>